Hello and welcome to Earth Matters. Hello and welcome to Earth Matters. Hello and welcome to Environmental Issues on Earth Matters. Hello and welcome to you, wherever you are around the country. Hello and welcome to Environmental Issues on Earth Matters. Welcome to this, the 1000th episode of Earth Matters. I'm Corey Green. Today we're looking back on the impressive contribution Earth Matters has made to environmental and social justice movements since its inception in 1996. We'll delve into the Earth Matters rich archives and talk to some of the people who've been involved in the last 999 shows. The producers of Earth Matters have been a diverse bunch. Their experiences shaped Earth Matters and Earth Matters in turn shaped them. Hey, welcome to the show. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, Corey. Yes, I'm Juliet Fox. I'm the projects coordinator at 3CR. And, um, yeah, the, the, the founder, if you like, of Earth Matters. And you've started Earth Matters in 96. What brought that on? Well, I'd been doing different programs at 3CR. Um, earlier on in the 1990s, I'd been doing a breakfast show and then I'd been doing Wednesday Home Time. And I was, uh, you know, I was really um, involved in environmental activism at that time, particularly forest campaigning through the Wilderness Society and also Friends of the Earth. And Friends of the Earth used to do a show back then called Green Beat. I think that's right. And they didn't have anyone to do it anymore. So I took it on, not so much as uh, a Friends of the Earth show, but just to keep a, a dedicated environment show going. And it was a lunchtime slot that used to go for an hour. And also around that time, um, there used to be a, a group called National Public Radio. Oh, was it called that? I think it was called that. Round in Fitzroy. And they used to do a whole range of shows for the community radio sector, including an environment show. But they um, closed down at that time. So there was this opening for a half-hour national environment show. So I changed the um, hour-long slot that had been the Friends of the Earth show into a half-hour slot, um, came up with the name Earth Matters after much um, thinking and <laughs> talking with a lot of different friends and um, applied for it to be the national show on the community radio network and got that slot, which was all kind of happened very quickly and um, obviously had a huge amount of support from 3CR and the program manager at that time. Um, and off it went from there, um, yeah, back in 1996, which is a long time now. <laughs> How long did you do Earth Matters for? So I did it for 10 years. Um, and within that time, I did it by myself for a long time, but I also did it with others. Um, and yeah, and then by the by 2006, I stopped doing it. Okay. And handed it on to all these other amazing, fabulous environmental radio campaigners to continue on. Hi, I'm Helen Gulliam. I work at the Australian Council of Trade Unions. I've been a volunteer at 3CR since 2007. And when did you get started on Earth Matters? In 2013. Cool. Yeah. And how long did you do it for? Two years? Yeah, just over two years. And what um, political experience did you bring to the show? Um, 
I, I had before that worked at the Environment Department in the state government in Victoria, and so I had quite a lot of interest and knowledge about particularly use of public land, but also more broadly a lot of the challenges of, of land use and habitat. And uh, so that was, was partly my interest in it. Once I'd left working with the department, I felt a bit more free to come and be on Earth Matters and, and ask some of the questions that don't get resolved in government. Um, my name's Indira, uh, Indira Narayan. And, yeah, I used to produce Earth Matters a long time ago. <laughs> and what do you do with yourself now? I am doing a lot of gardening, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, no, I've done lots and lots of different types of work and uh, most of it around community development, working with Indigenous and multicultural communities. So, What sort of experiences did you bring to the show? That's an interesting question. I, I, did, I was um, doing lots of different types of activist work um, before, during and after the, doing the show and I suppose I had just come back from um, Jabaluka when I started doing radio um, and that was doing Thursday Home Time. I did a number of other programs in between then and starting Earth Matters. Um, and I suppose Juliet asked me to start doing it because I had a real interest in um, environmental journalism and how, how environmental stuff was being reported, but also um, environmental justice particularly. So, yeah, I suppose my experience was around doing lots of campaign work um, with a number of different types of organisations. Marjorie Thorpe is a Gunai and Ma woman from Victoria who spoke on the Sunday the 26th of January at the Barmer Lakes about survival for Indigenous people across Victoria. My people are from Gunai, I'm a Gunai woman and the Ma people of Western District and Gippsland. So if we want to fight any struggle for the future, we have to make sure our young people and our families stay strong and stay healthy. That is the big battle that we're fighting right now and that's what we're trying to overcome, some of the injustice and the, the effect that, our, that that has on us as people. The bottom line for good health is land. When this country was invaded, the land was stolen from us. So my name's Nikki Stott. Um, I was a presenter on Earth Matters from 2010 until 2014. Um, I'm also an activist and I work a lot in the environment movement and also with like Indigenous rights, work with mob wherever and whenever possible. Uh, what experiences did you bring to the show? Uh, so when I first got involved in the show, um, I was coming out of a period, a really long period of um, drug addiction and homelessness. So I, even though I, I had the politics going on, I, was, I hadn't been so politically active at the time. Uh, but I did have um, a lot of experience in DIY media, as a, in doing media sort of stuff and so it was an easy sort of translation to go into media activism from there and then Earth Matters sort of got me into doing more frontline activism again so it was great like that. But first we'll hear from Murray Dreschler and the frontline action on coal collective at the Laird State Forest Blockade in central northern New South Wales. We've done a few tripods, a few lock-ons, we've blockaded entrances into the mine. We slowed them down but we really 
kept the prisons up in the media, just so everyone knows what's going on and just how ruthless and cunning Whitehaven Coal is. Hi, I'm Gab Reid. I'm 3CR's Program Coordinator and was involved in Earth Matters between, I think, 2002 and 2009. And what experiences did you bring to the show? Um, Well, when I joined the program, I was doing Thursday breakfast at 3CR and so I was contributing stories with while Indira and Juliet were producing and then gradually kind of came on board as a full-time producer. I was at the time studying environmental engineering and was very disillusioned with how slow the kind of social change that we really needed was, you know, how slow that change was happening, i.e. as in wasn't happening at all. Um, and aside from that, I was involved in various community campaigns, um, doing a lot of reveg, um, d- DIY stuff, and kind of radio took over my life. Mm, it and, does that. Mm. So do you feel like uh, things are still going too slow? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, short answer, yes. <laughs> How do you think your experiences um, influence what stories you did? Uh, Well, I concentrated very much on community activism in terms of, you know, I like to feature stories where communities were doing things themselves, so very punk DIY. Um, But also increasingly as I kind of explored more of the bigger environmental philosophical questions, uh, was interested in, you know, resource extraction in other countries, the politics around that, what I would see as a new, you know, colonialisation or the continued colonialisation. So a lot of, you know, environmental ethics questions. But the scope of the program, because it was national and in such a great team, we covered everything. Mm. And I think that was the beauty of it is that you'd be at some event talking to someone and anything that had an environmental aspect, which let's face it, what doesn't, you, you know, would be converted into a program. I noticed that um, throughout the years, most of the producers of Earth Matters have predominantly been women. Was that deliberate? No, it wasn't deliberate, Um, but I think it's been great (laughs) and I think it's really given um, a lot of passion and dedication to the show that, that has made it unique in lots of different ways. But no, it hasn't been deliberate. I think that maybe it's in indicative of um, some of the, the dedication that exists within, within, within the environment movement that is maybe able to come to the fore at a place like 3CR, whereas still even now I think there's a lot of um, spokespeople and campaigners that are men generally in the environment movement. I suppose Earth Matters is, is not one of those and that, that makes it a, a fantastic contribution to the environment movement and obviously to, to community radio broadcasting as well. Um, I'm Jill Redwood and I've been campaigning for forests for about the last 20 years in East Gippsland. Um, that question seems like a really about way to ask um, how feminism affects um, what we do. I reckon more to the point, how does misogyny, male egos and redneck culture affect environmental activism? You've been listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. On this, the 1,000th episode of Earth Matters, I asked past producers Juliet Fox, Gab Reed, Nikki Stott and Helen Gwilliam to share their proudest moments. Oh, that's a very difficult question. 
Um, I mean, I really was uh, very excited and I suppose proud, yeah, to go up to Jabaluka um, as part of the campaign to protect um, Kakadu National Park and to stop the uh, uranium mine up there and to to be part of that massive blockade and do a lot of recording there and then be able to come back home to Melbourne, which is such a long way away, and produce a radio show that um, featured all of those voices and that really important campaign and the, the solidarity that was happening in Melbourne for that campaign was also really important, so it was good to contribute to that. And in this case, the Northern Land Council benefits primarily because it's in a conflict of interest situation. How can the Northern Land Council represent the Mira people who are 30 odd people to stop this mine when they, they are funded from the royalty equivalents from the mine? We do have a responsibility that it's our place as students, as young people, as, as people of this country to say that we don't want this to happen and to let other people know that it's just downright wrong. We've come here to support the Mirar people. We've come here to back them up in what they're saying. We've come here to say, no, we don't want uranium mining. We don't want it in Jabaluka. We don't want it anywhere. So certainly that was one. Um, I also really got a lot out of going down to a lot of the forest, particularly around the time of the Gulungut campaign down in East Gippsland. Um, you know, a lot of that really felt like kind of bearing witness to a lot of um, protests that were there because often there were was no other media there other than um, community television at that time and community radio. Um, so that was also, I think, really key in bringing back that that story and being able to put it out to a much wider audience and to really support that campaign. Policeman Terry Bradford making one of many warnings in another day of blockading in the Gulungup forest of Victoria's East Gippsland. Monday, June 2nd, saw the number of arrests at Gulungook exceed 90. Activists locked onto the log loader, blockaded the road and river crossing and scaled trees, tripods and bipods. Um, so, yeah, I suppose it's those, those moments of being able to, you know, go to, go to different places and, and participate in the campaign, but participate as a community radio broadcaster. I think I had... Lots of proud movements, really, um, particularly as sort of I became more and more active with frontline staff going along to blockades and that sort of thing. Um, often uh, I, would, I would see people, once I was getting out there a lot more, um, who knew me because I'd interviewed them or knew that I was involved with Earth Matters and involved with 3CR. And uh, I think it was just really nice to feel that 
a lot of activists trusted me because of that in a way they wouldn't trust, obviously, trust mainstream media. They'd be like, oh, you know, do you think you, we could get this on the show and do you think we could do this? And there was a lot of rapport and I think it made me feel really proud to know that I was associated with this show that already had a reputation from being going for so long, mm. you know, um, to just to be able to um, participate in that and um, to help to sustain that and be a part of that was, yeah, like filled me with – a lot of pride, not in a hubristic way, you know, not like, oh, I'm so great, but more just like, oh, I'm just so proud to be involved with this project, this amazing project of Earth Matters within the broader project of 3CR as well. Next up, Jess Beckerling from the WA Forest Alliance with an update on the ongoing direct action protests in the Chella Forest near Walpole on the south coast of Western Australia. At the end of last year, end of 2013, um, the new forest management plan for the next 10 years was approved by the Barnett government and it sets out another 10 years of really horrific logging practices and a massive increase in the area that will be logged over the next 10 years. It's going to be up to 2,000 square kilometres, so you can imagine driving from Perth to Adelaide through a forest that's like a kilometre wide and that entire stretch of forest will be logged over the next 10 years in WA unless the policy is changed. It's an amazing time, really, because we're seeing such a resurgence of people's passion and willingness to get involved in peaceful direct action. While we're uh, feeling quite desperate about how terrible the Barnett government's policy is on forests, we're also feeling really heartened by the response that we're getting from people. Yeah, and also also a lot of um, older activists who've been around for a long time just know the show, you know, and and Juliet, of course, and Mm. and a lot of other other programmers. They'd be like, oh, how's, you know, this person or that person? So, yeah, it's just a really nice – it's just really nice that Earth Matters is a part of that community, the activist community. It's a good feeling. Ooh, that's a tricky question. Um, I, there's not one that really stands out, but very early on in my experience on, on the team, in fact, it might have been before I actually started as a full-time producer, Juliet and I produced an environmental refugees documentary series. Um, and that experience of actually the research, working with Juliet was amazing, great teacher, just learning the skills of radio production and also the content because like, I, I know that environmental refugees is a well, you know, it's well known now, but back then, and this is not that long ago, people weren't actually talking about environmental refugees. So, we, you know, putting that, to sh- that show together was a massive learning experience, um, but also terrifying as well, terrifying again to look back and see how little of that's changed. One of the reasons I really liked doing that was because it was just after the Iraq war and we interviewed we interviewed this guy from the US who'd worked for many years with communities about the health of their environment and he was just devastated it was and it was devastating no one was talking about the environmental effects of the war and the and the long-term future prospects for people to ever re-inhabit that land and live sustainably and that stuff we just really took for granted so that was an amazing it was one of my highlights i suppose for many years um the United States, Britain, Western powers um, guarded southern Iraq after the ceasefire, after uh, the 1991 Persian Gulf War, and they designated it a, uh, uh, a no-fly zone. However, they permitted uh, helicopters and on-the-ground vehicles and cannons and everything else to the Saddam Hussein regime, who used it to put down an uprising in the south uh, for independence and who 
leftists used the environmental weapon of destroying the marshes as a way to drive the people out and to kill as many of them as they can, as they could. And we were witnessing this destruction, and there were pledges that if we ever had access to that region again, that we would restore it. In other words, restore the tens of thousands of square kilometers of, of active and living marsh, which was not only a wild land for, uh, for animals and uh, plants and migratory birds, millions of migratory birds every year flew by there, uh, but also for approximately a half a million inhabitants. And so the term ecological restoration, uh, when used when we're talking about the marshes of southern Iraq, means not only bringing back the water and decontaminating the land, but also making it habitable for people to be there again. And so in this case, it's a doubly difficult task, but something that's simply going to, you know, to have to be done if people are going to re-inhabit that area again. You've been listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. On this, the 1,000th episode of Earth Matters, our guests reflect on what Earth Matters contributes to the environmental movement. Oh, yeah. Um, lots, heaps. It's, there's so few platforms for discussion at an in-depth level about everything to do with the environment. So Earth Matters is a really unique forum for that. It also, you know, increases people's media skills. I think about – this has probably been about 15 producers involved since the show started in 96. So when I look at those names and what they're doing now, they're still contributing to a dialogue around environmental sustainability in many different and diverse ways as well. They're still contributing in, in really varied grassroots, varied grassroots ways to the, the discussion that we still need to have about why <clears throat> environmental protection is so important. Certainly the most interesting part of my life was a very working class union building alliances with middle class about environmental and social, ecological issues. And I think the problems of the planet are so many that the union movement must broaden itself. I think that the union movement, on the one hand, has got to be more militant about wages and conditions, but at the same time, it's got to broaden out its activity to other community concerns, particularly like unemployment, the question of you know, things like drugs, the, the whole gambit of, of problems that confront society, that should be union business as well. Oh, the thing that I, one of the things I enjoyed most about Earth Matters was bringing a real variety of voices to the air and voices that didn't otherwise get on air to talk about these things. A lot of environmental journalism or media um, focuses on peak bodies and spokespeople and that sort of thing and they've got a lot of lines and they do a lot of really good work but one of the things that I did was uh, and I think most of us who've produced Earth Matters is really tried to get to the grassroots and talk to the people who are on the ground affected by things and or actively campaigning around stuff and you know getting their dirt under their fingernails pretty much um, doing that stuff so 
you know, generally what I was proud about was being able to um, continue that tradition um, that Juliet had started and, um, yeah, really try. I mean, I can't say that there's one specific voice or one specific program that I did that was I was proud of, but, yeah, generally being able to contribute to, to the program and being able to bring that stuff to air was really important for me. When you look back at the chronology of Among Man Camorro resistance to Freeport, it began immediately, as soon as the mining company came in and, and began making its presence visible. Among they reacted as they would traditionally. They put up their equivalent of keep-out signs, of, you know, no trespassing signs, and of course those were ignored by the company. I think it, I hope it encourages people who are working so hard, volunteers and communities and protesters and every group that's out there fighting for the environment that that we are listening to them and that we are with them i think that's the main thing that we do that that we're with you Mm. You people are doing such tough things for such a long time to try and protect the environment and, and highlight what's going on in so many places whether it's fracking or forestry or species extinction all of those kind of things and and the health of humans as well um there's, there is just so much that needs to be heard. Mm. One of the uh, impacts is the uh, organizing within the river all the way from the highland to coastal area die by poisoning. And therefore, people who live in from the fish, they cannot eat the fish because fish already contaminated by dangerous minerals. In many reports, shows that some of the people die because they drink and uh, eat the fish from that polluted river. How do you think the environmental movement has changed since 1996? Well, I think it's got certainly got bigger since 1996. I think back then environment issues were still really really marginalised. I think they're still marginalised within the, the broader media, but I think that the the movement and the organisation of the movement has, you know, become, uh, has developed and um, certainly the use of, of media has developed. Um, so it's got bigger, but but it also maybe has a tendency, like society as a whole, to be a bit conservative in some elements. And I think that that's where Earth Matters plays a really important role along with many environment groups as well, to really push a more radical edge of environmentalism. And by that I mean, you know, really including issues of justice and issues of land rights in the environment campaign because I think that environmental issues have been mainstreamed a lot, particularly um, climate change, for example, and we need to be constantly looking at those wider issues of everything from capitalism to elements of broader justice from, you know, communities that are more affected to those that are not. Where the British valued land for the revenue it could generate created a new class of landowners. In India, you couldn't own land as private property. What the saying we have is sabhi bhoomi gopal ki, you know. The land belongs to the creator, you can use it. And it's absolutely the same for the Aboriginal people here. You can't own land. You can't buy and sell it. Is there anything else you want to say? 
I suppose just how pleased I am that Earth Matters is still continuing with the current group of producers like yourself. I really see the passion and energy continuing and it's just been such an amazing show to be part of and one that 3CR is really proud of and still an integral part of 3CR's programming and national national programming because it does continue to contribute so much to the debate and really holds a line, you know, against a capitalistic model of sustainability that it has just taken over. So, oh yeah, I feel really proud and I hope it goes for another 20 years. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks, Corey. You've been listening to the 1000th episode of Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. I'm Corey Green. To celebrate this milestone, we are uploading several Earth Matters episodes from our rich archives to the 3CR website over the next few weeks. The address is 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. You can also podcast this and other recent episodes from that page. Earth Matters would like to thank the good folk at the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the dedicated people at the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. Here we shall stay, sentinels watching over our land. If we are thirsty, we shall squeeze the stones. If we are hungry, we shall eat the earth. But we shall not leave. We have a past, a present, a future. Here we are, on our land. And it is here that our roots shall grow, deep, deep down. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org. Dot org dot au.